Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of NBA Today, a playoff edition of NBA Today. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at Corbin NBA Twitter. Uh, as y'all know, this is a hoop ball presentation, so check out the fine folks at Hoop Ball Online, hoop-ball.com, on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets. And today I got a returning guest. Again, I said this before, you'll be hearing a lot more from him um, coming up here. But first, I do want to share with y'all. Two partnerships we have going on, hoopball that is. One is with my bookie. You guys have heard, guys and gals, what I've said about my bookie, how great it is, what they got going on with the $10 um, MLB future wager. That's what they're throwing in right now. All you got to do is enter promo code hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all together, and you get a free $10 MLB future wager trial on that baseball team. Again, that's hoopball. Not only will they give you that, but they'll match your deposit 100%. At my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. You also got something that I'm excited about because I just got to shave. That's the partnership we got with Manscaped with their new Lawnmower 3.0. Between their cutting-edge ceramic blade, they got their skin-safe technology. It's water-resistant. They got a 7,000 RPM motor, uh, LED light. I mean, they got it all. All the bells and whistles and some I'm not even mentioning. But right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. Again, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping, HOOPBALL20, manscaped.com. Want to get those deals to y'all first and foremost so that y'all can get that, you know, implant in your brain. And now, I'm introduced our returning guest, Will Harris. How you doing, Will? Oh, it's great to be here with you, Corbin. I'm doing amazing. I mean, it's amazing uh, night of sports. You know, I saw... Somewhere on Instagram, they said every sport, pretty every major sport is playing today. So, I mean, what better day for me to join you than today? Hey, I, I didn't know that. I appreciate you telling me you're right. I mean, <laughs> all started, you know, Thursday night. You had basketball, my Lakers, and then, yeah, baseball, too. You you really can't complain. This is a great time. But, um, I mean, yeah. I'm excited not only to have you on talking, but we doing a little something fun, something different here. Basically kind of doing playoff superlatives. And so we can kind of reach back. You know, everything we see in the playoffs so far, we're going to touch on the four teams currently in uh, between the Celtics, uh, the Raptors, obviously the Heat, Lakers, Rockets, Clippers, uh, uh, Nuggets. We're going to touch on all of them. But this was a way that we could kind of reset between all the teams that have been gone, all the series that have been played up to this point, and everything going on right now. So we threw a bunch of them out, um, and I texted Will this a little bit ago. We were talking about what we've liked so far. You know, best series, worst series, best coaching move. We're going to get through a few of these. Um, but first, well, let, let's start off with what you've liked from the playoffs so far. Games, teams, what, what's been kind of big aside from just playoff action, man? 
I mean, I just think this year with the bubble, the whole setup of the bubble, it seems like the playoffs have been so just so much better. I mean, like you've seen uh, NBA players sitting at home talking about, man, this the play the bubble playoffs just hit different. Because, I mean, these guys are – every game seems to be amazing, super competitive. Nobody wants to lose. And then, you know, if you have any uh, problems with anybody, you got to meet them in a hotel later on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this, the playoff intensity has been on another level. And, I mean, I, I, it's nothing to complain about. It's been amazing. Every game seems like it's been amazing. That is true. That is true. The rare blowouts that we get are almost even more of a disappointment, not only because, one, the game's pretty decided, but also because it's been so rare that it's happened here, you know? So I'm right there with you. Everything goes down to the wire. We've had a couple of classics instant so far that have been great to to watch, and the rewatchability is definitely there. So Oh, it's amazing, the rewatchability, because some of these games are like instant classics. I mean, and to go on what we're talking about, how great the games are, like me, and you were talking earlier. It was like, we'll talk about the recap of the playoffs, you know, because this Lakers game is just over. It's a blowout. Then <laughs> an hour later, it's like, we're on the edge of our seat. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And so it's crazy. It really is, man. You said it exactly like that. Like, one thing to another, the ebbs and flows, you know, of, of the series. And just when you think, you know, a game is over, a team can make some hot shooting, some big plays turn on a dime like that and so that's been exciting I kind of feel the same way with you having games every night's been great I mean working during the day's been rough when they were playing all day basketball just because I couldn't like truly enjoy it but having that much basketball you know after a, 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 a needed layoff but also just one that had happened was so good for just hoop fans like us to kind of get back in the game there but um I mean that's our first let's start with our first kind of question here for these superlatives what's the best series well that you've been able to watch or that you've seen so far that you've enjoyed the the best absolutely the best in my opinion i mentioned it last time i was on the show with you i was looking forward to it so much the jazz and the nuggets <laughs> yeah I mean, just seeing that player development between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray especially, it was a battle between those two guys. And they took it to seven games. It was just amazing. I mean, you just couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. And I love to see their growth, so I can't wait to see them next year. And if I had a 1B or number slightly number two, I would say the Celtics and Raptors that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those games have been incredible, had me out of the edge of my seat, especially the last game, uh, double overtime. It's it's just amazing seeing their competitiveness. Uh, both of these teams are worthy of going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I can't wait to see Game 7. Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be exciting. I mean, that's the, the marquee game. It's a shame that, you know, the Clippers are also playing, not because they're the Clippers, but just because that Game 7, you kind of want all the weight on that. But that's been yeah. exciting. For me, that was, that was a series I didn't have up on my list. I don't remember. But watching those games up to, you know, at least the seventh game, it was exciting. And like you said, the development between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell was just right before your eyes, electric, trading 50-point games, trading clutch shots. Both were getting into such rhythms. It was it was mesmerizing. It was awesome. Um, For me, I'm taking that one aside, I got to say, and this was surprising, the Clippers and Mavericks first round, just because... You know, it, it was modest interest to me just to see how Luka Doncic would perform on the playoff stage. But he showed up and he showed out. And, you know, even though, you know, you had the Porzingis ejection in game one, you had uh, uh, Doncic strain, uh, sprained ankle later in the series. He still had a game winner, uh, multiple triple doubles and, and, and big games. And then at the same time, you also had Kawhi playing well. 
um, Playoff P or Pandemic P, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. <laughs> Hyde show. <laughs> you know, that, that was fun. That was fun. I knew, you know, it definitely had a, a hard cap to it. We all thought Clippers in six or less. But it was kind of cool to see the Mavericks kind of come together. And, you know, Trey Burke had his moments. Seth Curry had his moments. Uh, it was a fun back and forth, interesting first round matchup. So that would be that would be mine. Uh, but you you nailed it. You said it from the jump. You were looking at the Nuggets and Jazz and, oh, boy, did they deliver. Um, but, OK, now we got to touch on it just because, you know, we got to. What's the worst series that you had the misfortune of uh, witnessing over the past uh, month? Well, I mean, you know, we can't be uh, too greedy and complain too much, but obviously, you know, the Nets uh, got, you know, didn't really have a chance against the Raptors. Uh, the Magic didn't really have a chance against the Bucks. But um, the most disappointing to me, I would say, over those two would be the Sixers um, against yeah. the Celtics. I mean, I, I just think they they have too much talent to go out the way they did. They could have at least won one game. I mean, the the Magic beat the Bucks one game, so they should have been able to beat the Celtics one game. So that was pretty disappointing to me. Oh yeah, they 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 get the all you know flame out because that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Brooklyn got swept, but they hung around a couple of games. They were balling, they were competing. You already mentioned Orlando. You know they went and hit Milwaukee in the mouth real quick, and that was a, a, basically an Orlando tradition in the playoffs. It seems like, but um, yeah. you know, get that first game, shock them real quick, let them know, hey, hey, we we came to play for one, and then and then you know give the rest. But um, right. <laughs> they did that. That was cool. But you're right. The the effort by Philadelphia sad it was like what are you going to do I think that was one of the more surprising series like you mentioned the Nets series got boring real quick the Magic series got boring as you know the the Bucks took numbers on them um aside from that I, I don't really have one that comes to mind like you said those are pretty the the heat and and Pacers was interesting but like not really just I guess seeing Miami kind of perform in a, in a series that I thought was going to be a lot closer than it ultimately was. But, yeah, you're right. It, usually you turn to the 1-8 matchups and kind of see what happens there, the 1-8 or 2-7. Uh, the Mavericks, like we talked about before, uh, made that 2-7 interesting. And the Trailblazers, although, you know, they, they gave way to the Lakers, they did put up a fight throughout. And, again, just like the Magic, they gave the Lakers that shot in the mouth in game one. So, yeah, I'd have to agree with you on those. But, um... We're moving from that. We, we got to talk about the coaches. We've had some good coaching so far. Um, you know, kind of a trend here. The best coaches seem to still be in the in the playoffs right now. And then we've had yeah. some um, <laughs> some troubling moves and some just weird ones. So what have been your uh, – let's just start with the negative and then kind of go to the positive here. What's been the dumbest coaching move you've seen, whether that's in the series, failure to adjust, whether that's a particular game that you remember, but just a, a coach that – didn't respond. That was slow to making adjustments that literally everyone in their mama could have seen was something they had to do that they just didn't. I think the main one that stands out to me was uh, the Bucks uh, coach Budenholzer, right? Isn't that his name? Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, playing uh, Giannis and uh, Middleton, like limiting their minutes when they were both healthy, because it's, I, I don't know why. I mean, what are you saving them for? <laughs> but just that whole that whole train of thought, like, oh, they can't play, you know, over 36 minutes because that's not good for them. And meanwhile, you see the last game the uh, Raptors played, you got, like, 35-year-old Kyle Lowry paying 53 minutes. 
Like, this is the playoffs. It's no need to rest anybody. This is the playoffs. This is what we're here for. People getting out of control with the whole resting. And, you know, a lot of Milwaukee fans are really upset with him. They, they've uh, supported him all year. They love the coach. And now they're like, okay, you're taking it too far. Like, you, you're pushing your, your luck here. We might want you out of town if you don't start playing these guys. Unfortunately, Giannis later then got hurt. But, like, just that train of thought to not play Giannis as much as possible was just crazy to me. No, I'm right there with you. It was like, what are you, as you said, what are you saving them for? If not the playoffs, then what? And (laughs) that's, that was the issue. Um, And I mean, honestly, there was a little offensive diversification. It was a lot of like, give it to Giannis, you know, kick up a cloud of dust. If not that, okay, now we have to give the ball to Middleton at every opportunity. Some of the role players didn't perform either. And that was a big deal. But um. Yeah, ultimately, I think it has to go to Coach Bud. Maybe, I don't know. I didn't like that he lost his job, um, but I would also have to throw out Coach McMillan. There was some changes they could have made, you know, maybe starting Justin Holiday a little earlier, maybe going to the, the, the hot hand more, maybe just figuring out how Miami was playing. And, you know, you shut down Duncan Robinson in game one, and then he gradually got more and more freedom as the series progressed, maybe not playing through Victor Oladipo more when it was clear that he just didn't have it. Um but that's been a, uh, that's more, that's not even an Nate McMillan this season thing. That's been more of a McMillan special over the last couple of postseasons. So I love the guy. I think he's a great coach. I think he's been kind of given a, a bad shake in terms of the competition he's played, where like every team for the past couple of years has been better than his. So you know, ultimately, like you losing that isn't a indictment on you. But that being said, he could have been better and he wasn't. And then last but not least, I I I Billy Donovan has had moments where I just feel like he could have adjusted better throughout. And this is another thing for him. Uh, for one, like, not prioritizing lineups to have a lot of shooting on the floor. Uh, this year being a little different just because there wasn't a lot of it. But, you know, years before with Russ and Paul George, it's been something I've noticed with Donovan. So these coaches all good in their own right. Um, I mean, I think Bud's a little overrated if you ask me. But just not really knowing, okay, time to move on. You know, not being flexible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. Yeah, it was crazy to me though that uh, the Pacers extended Nate McMillan, and then like a week later, like, oh yeah, we're gonna fire you. By the way, it was like, what? <laughs> what is going on with that? Yeah, I was gonna say, because... what did you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy to me because uh, I think are you? It was like Indiana. Are you forgetting Demontis Sabonis did not play? T.J. Warren had plantar fasciitis. Uh, Victor Oladipo was banged up. How you gonna fire him after that? You you, you weren't supposed to win that series. You had a great year. That was just crazy to me. I don't. I don't know. They were a little quick with the hammer on that one to me. Yeah, it was. It was definitely unexpected. And you're right. I mean, Sabonis being out. I'm sorry. He's arguably not really even arguable. He's your best player. Victor Oladipo being in and out of the lineup. That's kind of a big deal. And when you look at that and you go, "Oh, we still expected you to beat the Heat." I mean, the Heat are a very good team, as we've seen. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that you know is, is a testament to how good they've been. But you're right. It's like saying, okay, well, you know, we're going to give you their shorthanded. You're not going to be at full strength. And if you don't pull this out, you know, you got swept to a better team. You know, you get the axe. It was a little bit quick trigger for me. But Indiana's had a history of doing that. I mean, I remember doing them doing it with yeah. Coach Vogel. That was unexpected mm-hmm. and, and, and not really warranted aside from the pressure to perform. But it's like, where are your real, realistic expectations, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. with you uh, on that. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, the OKC did not uh, re up Billy Donovan either, though. You know, I mean, he he, you know, it's 
getting better at making adjustments. You know, they were down 0-2 and then came back and made that series very uh, competitive, went to Game 7. You know, I know that was a lot of Chris Paul's leadership also, mm-hmm. but that was a little surprising that they uh, decided to part ways. Yeah, no. It, well, from what I heard, um, it was an amicable split, but Donovan and Sam Presti met up, you know, meeting of the minds on the future direction of the Thunder, and it just ultimately turned out that more than likely the Thunder are leaning toward a rebuild, and at Billy Donovan's stage of his career, he is not trying to coach a rebuild. And so that's how that happened. Uh, there was actually a report, I think, that came out that they offered him extension um, earlier during the shutdown or just before the shutdown. And basically, he was kind of waiting to see what would happen. So I think that's what caused it. And, you know, they, they've already been linking Donovan to the Bulls and, and other teams. So we'll see where that goes. But it mm-hmm. seems like the only reason why he wasn't um, extending his OKC career was because that they are looking to embrace the rebuild. And Donovan is not looking to coach a rebuilding team. Right. And I mean, and that's, that's, you know, that's OKC's decision, but that's crazy. They were like, they were either the fourth or fifth seed. You know, it's not like they were the eighth seed. So, I mean, they, and they're only going to get better with all the draft picks, but you know, Hey, they want to blow it up. Go ahead, blow it up. It's on yeah. you. We'll see. <laughs> I get you. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, here's the thing. I'm of two minds on it. On one end is like, okay, you have another competitive team. You know, on the other hand, you're trying there's teams the bucks have already been floated around for it the knicks have been linked to chris paul you can get even more assets from trading him danilo gallinari is a free agent do you want to spend more money especially in this market to re-up for him when you know you know you'll be a competitive team but there's no finals in your future regardless you know what i mean and then other guys aside from them you know steven adams is a nice piece but that's really it they have a, a bunch of nice pieces like for me I, I get where you're coming from, Will, and I would agree, except that I think that none of them, aside from a 35-year-old Chris Paul and a 32-year-old Danilo Gallinari, are going to lead your guys to any sustained success. Another first-round exit or maybe two. You know what I mean? Like, the rest of their guys are guys that are, like, young or average, and I just don't see, like, a, a core there. Like, the majority of their core or their of, or their, their talent coming in isn't even on the team yet. It is that asset base you just referenced. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm there, but... um. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, they definitely could have stuck out another year or wait and see, at least enough to say, hey, coach, you know, Billy, we're going to figure out what we're doing, but we're leaning toward being competitive, but we'll see what happens. But the fact that they communicate as much, at least they know where they stand. And, you know, on, on the one hand, actually, the more I think about it, this is probably a better decision. Because if you look at it, there's teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the Grizzlies, like the Suns, that will be more competitive next year. The Timberwolves will be more competitive next year. You have the teams that are already there. The Warriors, I didn't even mention, they will definitely be in the playoffs next year. It's going to be be a lot easier to tank to the bottom than it will be to get among those nine teams. That's true. That's true. Uh, You make a good point with all those other teams coming in. They would slip down. They wouldn't be the fifth next year. It's just they're so talented and young. But, yeah. Yeah, Chris but I was getting older. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I mean, it was you talk, it was like we talked ourselves in that because I was with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, this actually ain't the worst idea, Presty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you see, we talked each other into it. We could go either way with this. So we'll see what they do. Presty's made some great decisions. You know, he's made the one epic failure of a decision, but everything else has been pretty great. No, you're right about that. All right, so let's go a little positive. Let's go to the best coaching move. And I'll, I'll kind of start here real quick because it's happening right before our eyes. Frank Bogle deciding, hey, you know, we already a more superior team than the Rockets right now, but we can also go small ball too. And and taking Marquise Morris, playing with the five, even if it's only nominal because we know AD's at the five. But really, I, I even say it's, 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 it's smart coaching because he's doing the obvious. 
The Lakers are at their best when they're small, AD at the five, LeBron at the four. But as we've seen from these other coaches, sometimes the obvious thing, playing Giannis more minutes, Coach Bud, isn't what the coach is going to do. And so with that, I'm giving to Frank. He kept it simple, and it's effective, and that's why the Lakers are up three games to one over the Rockets. But, well, what has been the best coaching that you've seen? And they could be the best coaching decision, the best coach so far um, in this playoff so far. Well, I think uh, mainly at this point, it's it's pretty much a lot of it is just on the players. And, you know, the talent is just, you know, winning the team's games. But if I had to put, pick out two coaches, I would have to start with uh, Nick Nurse. You know, his team was down 2-0 against the Celtics, and, you know, they easily yep. could have been like, uh, I mean, we're, we're up against the Celtics, a really good team. There's no way we're coming back from that. And they've stormed their way back, and I just love his execution, the way he draws up plays, especially from timeouts. Uh, he's doing an amazing job. And you have to say, at least mention Eric Spolstra. I mean, no one really expected the Heat <laughs> to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I remember when Jimmy Butler signed there, everyone, including myself, was like, well, he just wants to uh, get, go to a team where it's his team and he can get all the shots and yep. he doesn't care about winning. And, I mean, look what they have done. No one would have expected this. So, I mean, I have to give a huge shout-out to Spolstra also. No, that's very true, and you're right. I did not – I thought they were hitting a – the buck was going to stop with the Milwaukee Bucks. I had a <laughs> real – like, pardon the pun, but I really thought that was it, and you're right. They've been well executed. They're playing within their role. And 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 sometimes Jimmy Butler isn't even, you know, number one or number two or even number yeah. three in shot attempts or, or points. So it's this egalitarian offense that frees up everyone to their highest potential, making use of guys like Duncan Robinson, having rookies like Tyler Hero play big parts, you know, uh, Goran Dragic having a renaissance kind of found a youth postseason. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. You're right about that. That's That's been some good coaching by Spolcher. And it's a testament to, you know, the way that he's done it, that they're there. And between that... And between that and um, Coach, um, I'm losing my mind here. Coach Nurse making adjustments and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with it. But um, well, quick question for you. Yeah, uh, what's going on with uh, Kendrick Nunn? Do, have you heard anything? Is he hurt or is he back? I don't know what's going on with him. Um, so he wasn't in shape coming out. Coming from what I heard, he wasn't in or what I've read. He wasn't in shape heading into the bubble, and I think he was just out of the rotation. And then honestly, you know, with playing yeah. the lineups that the the Heat have been able to do, you know, with Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler, then um, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, you know, Andre Godala can kind of play that that facilitator role at times. You already have other um guys kind of soaking on minutes like Jay Crowder going small ball a little bit a little bit, at least in the previous matchups. He just hasn't had a role. Right. I mean, and you know, it's it's a far cry from someone who thought he was rookie of the year this year. <laughs> I thought it was one of the right. stupidest things yeah. I heard. Oh my goodness. Like he had a solid <laughs> year, but come on, bro. <laughs> he had a solid year, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's not like it's the twenty thirteen draft and we giving it to uh to a Michael Carter Williams. Like there was a clear front runner and then there was even a popular one right behind that I could have went with before I even considered Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think he was maybe the most impressive because he came out of nowhere undrafted. But, yeah, no, he was nowhere near the rookie of the year. But uh, mm-hmm. th- I think – I don't know if that's – you know, you would credit Spolstra for that or it's just, you know, happened to be, uh, you know, uh, that none is not playing. And I think that has elevated Tyler Hero into a bigger role that we may not have seen if none was in there because they seem to be splitting minutes. Now Hero is seeming to get the time to shine, and I think that's helping Miami a lot too. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think he's a superior player, uh, not only in just shooting and, and offensive versatility, but you have someone who can get his own shot consistently, someone who's a lot more efficient, and someone or who can be more efficient, and someone who, you know, has some good 
ball skills, good guard skills as a facilitator, a potential one. So, yeah, I'm with you. Maybe that has opened up his minutes, but I think it's also a testament to the hard work the hero has done because he looks a lot better than he did even during the season. That's someone who obviously, for one, didn't get himself out of shape during the bubble, but also continued to work at his game and has earned his spot. Definitely. So I'm definitely all for that. But, yeah, you mentioned it. The coaches that are still in the, that are still in the bubble, obviously, uh, talent is only one half of it. Another half is whatever coaching acumen you can bring, being flexible, you know, being ready for the challenge and adapting on the fly. And, and there's been scenarios for each of these coaches that we've both nominated that have done that. But um, let's talk about the teams that are gone. We've had a few, you know, dispatches now. Not going to run through everyone like the Mavs, the Bucks, the Magic, the Nets. We can go through all of them. But which team that's been eliminated ultimately played, in your opinion, like they shouldn't even come to the playoffs? Like, why you even show up? Like, the Brooklyn Nets, they put up a fight. I'm impressed by them. Like, by all accounts, they shouldn't have been there. But, you know, even it being swept, aside from one brutal blowout, they played well. You know, they were they they, they, they made Coach Vaughn proud as far as their culture and trying to scrap and grind against a superior team. But which team did you think just kind of showed up and you're like, bro, why did you even come? Why are you here? Just so you can just kind of wave <laughs> your flag and go by. And I know we're probably going to nominate the same team here, but um, let's go, let you go first. Well, let me, let me know what you're thinking. Right, and we're just talking playoffs, not bubble uh, regular season, right? You know what? Let, let's keep it funky. Let's do both. <laughs> let's let's do playoffs as one and the regular because that might make a, a different um different nomination. Let's do both. So you can start with uh, who shouldn't have made it to Orlando, period, Washington, and then you can talk about uh, right, right, <laughs> and then you can talk about the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, well, you nailed it. Like, I mean, I don't remember one moment from any Washington Wizards game, <laughs> like. <laughs> it's like, what was your point of coming? And I thought I thought that was what it was going to be like with the Nets, with the whole team pretty much opting out. But, yeah, they really impressed me. Uh, so, But for the playoffs, we talked about them earlier. I would have to say, once again, the Philadelphia 76ers. It was just like, once they realized Ben Simmons wasn't going to be with them, they're like, well, we have no shot. So let's just go home. One, two, three, Cancun. Like, that <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Those Philly cheesesteaks probably smell real good out there. No, <laughs> but that's true. I mean, for me, I had a moment with the with the Wizards where I was half sleeping. I had a dyslexic moment. I saw Rui Hachimura on the sideline for NBA TV, you know, the score. And he had 15 points, and I squinted, and I thought I saw 51. And I was like, oh, oh boy, I got to wake up and see this. And it was like, I thought it was like 51-3 and 5. I was like, he didn't really give you much else after the 51. Then I look again, I'm like, oh, that's 15. <laughs> so that, that was my Wizards moment. But um, aside from that, you're right. Philadelphia, man, very disappointing. Just being totally outplayed, especially their big free agent targets or their big free agent acquisitions. One, just retaining in Tobias Harris. The other, Hal Horford, just totally playing like they didn't belong. That was tragic, and, and they easily take the cake for me. I honorable mention, I was trying to think of one, but I couldn't. <laughs> like like that team to me you right just didn't just didn't it didn't come through and that 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 was sad you know having some type of fight even like we talked about the magic and the nets teams that by all accounts were definitely overmatched but just saying okay we're going to put our best foot forward and the way they folded just like cheap luggage was, was pretty was pretty sad but um got to move on to the next one it's prediction time we we met it's kind of uh, poetic that we talking about the superlatives of where we are right now with where we yeah. talked about kind of previewing the playoffs, but what has been your best and worst prediction so far for these playoffs? And if you can remember back to the pod, I can't, but if you can, let me know kind of what you were thinking, you know, for some of these predictions you made. Uh, well, 
Huh, let me see how I should say this. <laughs> Before Ben Simmons got hurt, I said I expected the Clippers and the Sixers in the finals. So I guess you could say that's my worst prediction, but Ben Simmons got hurt. So that I think that's nullified, you know. <laughs> so when once Ben Simmons was out, I was like, I think the Clippers and the Raptors will be in the finals. Uh as an overhaul. Uh but my short term, like I said, was uh the Jazz and Nuggets. Uh, I thought that would be a great series. You know, I thought Utah would win and, and upset them. So I didn't come through 100%, but I was that close. So I think that was my best prediction that I went out on a limb for. Uh, what about you? So for me, I honestly think I put the 76ers as put in more of a fight. I I feel so far, and, and this is the thing, as I'm talking, I'm frankly trying to find my predictions because I wasn't very smart and didn't really keep them safe for myself. But I I thought there would be a few series that are a lot more tougher. Um, I'm pretty sure you said you, you, you picked the Lakers and the uh, Orlando Magic in the finals, didn't you? Didn't you say that? <laughs> I think you muted, Corbin. I think I am, too. My fault. I started <laughs> laughing. I started laughing and moving around, and then, I, I <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'm messing okay. up. I was like, Corbin, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we done, man. <laughs> nah, nah. But what I was saying is that, um, <laughs> wow. What I was saying, I still have the Lakers going to the finals. That hasn't been proven to be false yet. So I'm not mad about that. But I definitely saw the 76 put more of a fight, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, I was kind of disappointed on that. Uh, I saw a few of the series that were sweeps, I think five or, or more games, but I haven't had any so far that I swore on a miss and totally missed on. I saw the Rockets getting to where they were. I saw the Clippers getting to where they were on the East Coast. Oh, my fault. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm overlooking the big one. Uh, I think I saw the Bucks killing the Heat in five. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. So, huh? I don't know what happened to the Bucks. Yo, they just disappointed, bro. Like they, you know what? That's a team I could have said played like they shouldn't have been there. Like they, 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 they played in the first one. Yeah. They got, they got the hit off real quick by Orlando, right? They took numbers, but they were a better team than Orlando. Like objectively, just in general, they were, and they had no problem with with beating Orlando, moving on. Then they play the Heat. The Heat get them three times with Giannis playing. Giannis injured his ankle in that third game, but they they won fairly decisively all those times. They had the one game, the Chris Middleton special, where the Bucks pulled out, and then they put them away in game five, and afterwards you hear, oh, home court was really a factor. Are you kidding me? You were the number one team in the East, number one team in the NBA. All we heard about Giannis being the MVP was the Bucks are on pace for 70 games, yada, yada. You know, some of those games are actually played away from home. So I don't understand that whole on pace for this and that, and then also, you know, home court was a big deal for us. Because guess what? Home court is always a big deal for Miami, and they took care of y'all in Orlando. You know, home court was a big deal for Orlando, and they stuck around. You didn't have a problem when you were beating on them. It's like all I heard was excuses and bad coaching and bad play. So you know what? Thank you. I retroactively, one, that's my biggest miss because I definitely saw the Bucks taken all the way to the finals, but also they're my nomination for team that played they shouldn't have been there because I think they thought that they could just wake up, play the first round, and then congratulations, you're in the NBA finals. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's no argument against that. You're exactly right. They, they played like – and, I mean, to have an excuse is ridiculous. Everyone is playing under the same condition, so there is no excuse. 
Like you can say, oh, Giannis got hurt, but like you said, first three games, Miami was clearly dominant. That would have happened with or without Giannis. They just had a, you know, better coach, better game plan. They were better prepared. Yep. And and that ain't and that ain't and I I mean you as as a team that ain't wrong as far as somebody doing their due diligence and making sure they're ready. You gotta do the exact same. No excuses out here. So you said it like they, they're in there. But um okay, I've been trying to make this thing. We both NBA fans. NBA Twitter is part of that. We both on there. You know whether or not I'm not a big commenter as much, but I'll be watching, seeing some particularly stupid stuff, laughing, whatever the case may be. <laughs> what is the dumbest argument? Or, or stance so far that you've seen on Twitter that you're just tired of. Whether that's Giannis being traded, Harden being dumb, the Lakers being the underdogs, whatever the case may be, what is the the, the biggest thing you've seen on NBA Twitter circles that you're just like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done with this. Like, I don't want to really see it circulating anymore. Uh, what's that for you? Because, you know, NBA Twitter is fun, but there's moments where you just want to be like, bruh. Yeah, you're exactly right. But, um... It's nothing has been too crazy. You know, everyone's going to do the trade rumors whenever, you know, a team loses or whatever. But I got one that might, you know, ruffle your feathers a little bit. Oh, you ready for this bro, one? Don't do it. <laughs> let, let, let's hear it. Let's get it. <laughs> it's been annoying me that people have been saying, see, this proves that clearly LeBron James is the MVP of this year. Bro, do not. <laughs> do not. Listen, I'll tell yeah. you right. Uh, I'll let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. I'll, I'll get when you're done. Uh. I'm saying it is not a postseason award. It's a regular season award. So just come on, let me have it, Corbin. <laughs> you know what? Listen, I'm as someone who is illogically attached to the LeBron for MVP race. I was never on board. Like the Bucks were winning games. That's great. But I, I always knew they were styling out substance. I was saying, I'm like, listen, they're a good team, you know. But at the end of the day. Giannis is physically dominant. You got some decent shooters. And I didn't know they were going to disassemble like this. I am of the opinion now. I am officially of the opinion that you will have to make. You have to make the MVP a combination of the regular season and postseason. I wasn't after 2017. And the reason why is because I was really big on Russell Westbrook being MVP. And I'm glad he got it. But we knew that that, 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 that run was going to end hard in the first round. It did against, you know, Houston. But after that, and, and putting my bias aside, I should count that too. MVP is the most valuable player for that season, period. Finals MVP is for the finals. You have people who can carry you in the first two rounds and then Andre Godala win in the finals because he <laughs> held LeBron James. So make the MVP a combination of all of that. Plus, it eliminates epic failures like Giannis this year or Dirk back in 2007 or other players who have won the MVP for the regular season and then totally just kicked it in in the playoffs, and yet they still win. You know what I mean? Like, remember those days where you had teams that would win MVP or players that win MVP and they've been eliminated already and they got to go to, like, a Western Conference or Eastern (laughs) Conference game of another team to get their award? Yeah. Like, forget it. Announce it at the end of the year or, or, yeah, announce it at the end of the year or, like, yeah. I said it, end of the year, boom, and then you give the MVP award to that player, you know, and having an award show or whether that's going to be during opening night of the next season, whatever the case may be, to be like, hey, this is your king, you know what I mean, like, this is your MVP, and then we we, we let go of that, because if you take in uh, regular season, where I feel like LeBron was a lot closer to Giannis, Giannis had it, but LeBron was right there, now you take postseason, LeBron's been run the gap on that, I mean, Giannis ain't even playing anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 
I love that idea of yours. If you're going to include the playoffs, LeBron definitely, hands down, is the MVP this year. Uh, but that's just not how it is, Corbin. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got me there, bro. You got me there. But you, and you know, when you bring something Lakers related, you, I'm, I'm gonna put oh. up however dumb the fight is. I'm gonna put it up. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I know how to poke the bear. You know, <laughs> you, you get me, man. I appreciate that. But now, nah, I, I gotta, I gotta talk about that. We all know that us Lakers, we underdogs out here. Nobody expects us to make the finals, so we just gotta, <laughs> we just gotta do what we do. You know. Uh, Forget the haters. You know why we in here. Uh, we got to keep the LeBron's legacy afloat and, you know, show out and get a, get AD a trip to the Western Conference Finals. But moving right along, one thing I'm tired about is we got to stop. And, and, and as a Lakers fan, I guess I almost directly kind of benefited from it with Anthony Davis. We got to stop trying to trade players while they're still in the contract. Let's stop putting the idea in people's head when it isn't even a thing, when it isn't even an option, when the player has said, I don't want to be traded. Anthony Davis at least floated around, hey, I, I may be looking around, whatever the case may be. Or at, at worst, he didn't shut down the rumors. But with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, he said again and again, at least through his contract, he is not leaving. He wants to stick by his team. He said all this about support. There is literally nothing that anyone on Twitter or otherwise can say for why Giannis would possibly leave at all. At least not right now. Maybe now there's some more talk with them being eliminated. And then right after the series, Giannis came out and said, nah, nah, I like to, you know, plow through the wall, believe in my teammates. So even even with that, it, it gets dampened. As, as organizations, yeah, of course you still keep that hope alive. You know, internally, of course you do. But we got to stop at least the educated NBA Twitter community of putting wood in this fire that doesn't exist. He's not going anywhere through the contract. He said as much. If he changes his mind, then we have a conversation. You know, if he if he if he was acting indifferent, then we have something to talk about. But he's not. He's done everything but say, listen, I'm a Milwaukee Buck for life. And the sad thing about this is, Will, I think even if he said that, you'd have some rumor of him going to like, I don't know, the Knicks. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I just get tired of it. Yeah, I mean, play, you can tell fans love player movement and they love super teams. You know, as much as people say, oh, I hate super teams. Why they do this? Why they do that? As soon as someone is in a struggle, struggling situation, oh, he should go to this team. He should go to this team. I've seen a million memes that he should go to the Miami uh, Heat, you know, and then people are debating, would he be like, uh, would you criticize him like you did KD and this and that? So, I mean, people just love to talk. They don't like to see a guy in a city like Milwaukee, and, you know, the team, you know, just underperform every year. And, like, oh, well, he's got to win a ring. And, you know, that's kind of what forced KD to leave OKC and go to the best team to go ahead and get that ring. So he uh -huh. thought he thought the fans would shut up. But, you know. He was wrong. It, it, didn't, it didn't work. He was wrong. You're right. And that, that ring culture mentality probably plays a, a big, you know, big deal for that. But for me, it's just like, hey, if you, if you want – to, uh, as, a, as a community, at least the ones who, who, who want to act like, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the, the educated part of NBA Twitter. There's room for, you know, guys or gals who are just, you know, on the periphery, just watching the game, just kind of interested, but, you know, not really into the intricacies of it all and just are happy about trades. It's not even a problem for those who just want to trade people in, you know, transaction madness. There are so many forms for that. 
there, there's a game called NBA 2K for that. There's an even better game online <laughs> I love called Basketball General Manager. You can play online. That's even better. I like for trading. If you want to get your trade fix, that's good. But for your own reputation and, and just not feeding into the endless mass of quote-unquote content, let's stop trying to trade a dude who isn't going anywhere right now. I mean, right. I can see if there's even a question. That, that That's my thoughts, and obviously I'm fired up about it. But, like, <laughs> I've seen it so much, and it's just like, bruh. Yeah. You know, what, what are we doing, you know? Yeah, and people, you know, everyone, of course, is mentioning Golden State, too. Like, they need another superstar. <laughs> They're going to be fine without Giannis. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if you would uh, consider this with that same vein, but I do think they need a better point guard. What do you think about that? Uh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they do. A, a bottom line, you're not going to have – yeah. You, it, the yeah. bottom line, you're, you're not going to be able to do what you're doing right now with um with um, Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe and George Hill right now. George Hill didn't even perform in the finals. He got carried to the finals by LeBron. He didn't even come through that. Okay, I'm just kidding. I like George Hill. I like George Hill. And, and I kind of like Eric Bledsoe too. But I don't look at them like starting caliber guards like that. Now guards right. that you're going to have on a contender. When you look back on the, the annuals of NBA history, no offense, I don't see Eric Bledsoe as a starting NBA Finals point guard unless we compare it to like the 2007 Cavs or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're right. And so they're doing talks already about trading for Chris Paul. I think that might work for a year. But bottom line, you, you're trying to hopefully have someone who can grow with Giannis. And Chris Paul maybe got, you know, Two or maybe one, two or maybe three years left at the max in my mind. So you do got to worry about that. But um, I think that'd be an immediate upgrade. I mean, someone who defensively, you know, he's not as stout maybe as Bledsoe, but he is definitely serviceable. The dude has been a, a, a great defender in his career. Someone who can still make big shots. We've seen the way he's played this year. Someone who can probably establish some order, some continuity in the Milwaukee Bucks offense, and won't just disassemble without Giannis on the floor. So I agree with you there. Um, if not that, they have to find another way to get that guard. Maybe they trade um, Eric Bledsoe and get another guard of, of maybe uh, equal talent that is a better fit for the Bucks. Maybe a better shooter or a player who can kind of play alongside, you know, off ball a little bit, serviceable on ball. I'm not saying another star at that position, but definitely an upgrade over what they currently have. And uh, uh, Fred Van Fleet, he's a free agent, isn't he? Um, yes, he is. I don't know if Milwaukee, I mean. do they have the money to do that? I got to look. You know, it's funny. We're going to be, doing, we're gonna be talking off season. Oh, right. I see what you're saying, like a sign and trade or something. I mean, yeah. convince Milwaukee, I mean, convince Toronto that uh, Bledsoe's who they're looking for. <laughs> but no, I see exactly what you're saying. I'm with you on that. But yeah, that'll be, that's kind of a first um, order of business for them. And they have a lot of things, we're talking about Milwaukee here, that they got to look at to kind of get better. Because whether or not Giannis says, you know, he's staying or not, the clock is ticking for a contender. Anybody after a certain point of seeing, hey, we're just not moving any faster, is going to say, okay, time for a change. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, uh, a really good meme. Uh, it was showing how Giannis' uh, career path is basically following identical to LeBron's uh, career path uh, so far. And then after this year is when LeBron went to the Heat and then won those championships or whatever. So that wow. was just neat to look at. You know, it was like, because you think, oh, dude, he's, he's doing good, losing, da da da. He doesn't have a ring yet, but like he's on the path right now. You know, same awards, same everything as LeBron, pretty much. And this this next year was the year he went to the Heat. So, 
That's you know, insane. just just more talk about you know how people want him to leave, but yeah, it, it was a it was a really neat meme. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I mean, it'll be interesting when he finds himself on the Lakers in in a couple years to uh, look back <laughs> <laughs> and remember. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. But real quick, we've had a good talk. Uh, obviously, man, love having you on. We're gonna close out one yeah. final question. One of my favorites. We got a couple teams still battling right now. I'm going to give you a chance, myself one too, to throw out one more hot take for the playoffs so far that we can kind of revisit and either roast each other on or, you know, strut out that we owned it and that we were right. What's one hot take you have uh, about the playoffs or one of the remaining teams so far in the bubble? It's really, I mean, we don't even factor in the Nuggets right now. It's, I mean, everyone, and uh, dang, who did Lakers play today? Uh, Rock- uh, the Rockets. Oh, yeah. man, we whooped them. So, no, I'm it, playing. They, it, they made it, it close. Pretty, yeah. It's pretty much the Lakers Clippers, and it's going to be the Heat versus either the Raptors or Celtics. It's nothing too crazy you can predict right now. I mean, I could throw something out crazy and say the Heat are going to win the championship, but I don't believe that. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, you know what? So, I can give you something. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So, we all know that ultimately it's going to be Lakers and Clippers. Right. Lakers and Six. Oh, okay, now you got something with that. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers in six. I'm not even saying, oh, the Lakers will win, but it's going to take seven. Nope, it's going to take six. <laughs> Lakers in six. We're going to have some good games from our supporting cast. We've already seen Rondo already. We've already seen um, We've already seen Rondo playing. We've already seen uh, Alex Caruso getting it. Anthony Davis is in a groove. LeBron is in playoff mode. It's 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 not even going to take seven games to get rid of the Clippers this year. Six wow. NBA Finals. Here we come. Wow, I'm I'm just wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, I can't argue that, but I mean, I don't see six, maybe seven. Okay. But, I mean, what I, what have you seen from the Clippers to make you think? it's going to be, you know, not too hard for them to go ahead and take that series. I think bottom line, what it comes down to is that the Clippers play like a team of mercenaries. They're really, really talented individuals. They don't play like a team, though. Really talented individuals. All it takes is players being forced in roles they're not used to. So maybe they have to rely a lot more on, and they're going to have to, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Maybe Avicii Zubac gets into foul trouble a lot earlier than expected. And unlike this series, I don't think that... um, the backups for the Clippers are going to be up to task for the Lakers big. Ultimately, going through LeBron James is a thing that I think the Clippers haven't had to worry about. And they've been playing through most of these two series so far as if they can turn it on whenever they want. And and that was kind of their rare undoing for a few of their losses this season. And it's easy to get away with that when you're playing with the Mavericks, with the hampered Porzingis and, and Doncic. And then when you're playing the yeah. Nuggets, who are just not up to the Clippers' level. But then you're playing the Lakers, who are. There's enough deficiencies, I think, between Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams that the Lakers will exploit mercilessly, and the weaknesses there can be targeted. And do you look at Doc Rivers as the one to make adjustments? And if not, then are you looking at the players? Aside from Kawhi Leonard, who on the Clippers do you trust to step up and say, okay, you know what, forget this, We're, I'm going to lead us through this. I don't see it. And after Zubac, you know, Marcus Morris has shown – he hasn't really had it against LeBron or AD. Michael Green has been nice, you know, but nice isn't going to cut it. I just I just see an opportunity for the Lakers to move past the Clippers a lot faster than not because you do look at Kawhi and Paul George, and yes, the Lakers are going to have their hands full with those two. But in general, I think the sum of their parts 
for the Lakers add to more than the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think your issue would be you have no one to cover Paul George. I'm assuming LeBron's going to cover uh, Kawhi. So who's going to cover Paul George? And it just depends on if you're going to get uh, Dallas Mavericks uh, Paul George or, you know, Denver Nuggets Paul George, where he's playing a lot better. And so I think Paul George and Anthony Davis are going to be the key, you know, because Anthony Davis can uh, disappear at moments too. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, I, I think that's going to be, you know, captivating, captivating series. It's much must-see TV. I can't yeah, wait for I, that. No, I see what you mean. Listen, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm not too worried about um, about Mr. Uh, playoff P is because I think we're going to get the pandemic <laughs> version in this, yeah, in this World Conference Finals. But you're right. If, if not, we're going to have a problem because he's definitely, with between his size and his frame and his smooth ability on ball, it, it, we don't have a defender for him. Too quick for Danny Green, too strong for KCP. It would be an issue. Uh, too fast for Alex Caruso. It would be an issue. Um, at the same time, I think it comes down to those two. Between Kawhi and Paul George and LeBron and AD, I know what I'm getting from LeBron day in and day out. We've seen what we're getting from AD day in and day out. You know what you're getting from Kawhi. You don't know what you're getting from Paul George from game to game. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will say, I'm I'm loving Rondo. I I like your team better with Rondo back. I think everything is flowing a lot better. And uh, I'm glad to see he's playing good also. I'm a big fan of Rondo, so I'm glad to see that. Oh yeah, he's he's coming through and it's been fun. I mean, I've always supported my guy. I knew playoff Ronda was a thing. I always said it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of messing around, but I really did believe that. Um, <laughs> just because you know we saw. I, I remember from a couple years back with the Bulls, seeing how he performed. You know, with Dwayne Wade and and uh-huh. uh, Jimmy Butler taking two games from the Celtics team. They weren't they were supposed to be swept by. Um, and then before going down coincidentally when Rondo injured his thumb, and then we saw it again when he was with the Pelicans. You know, given Really, Anthony Davis, the only playoff success he's had before this year, um, yeah. you know, against the Trailblazers and competing against the Warriors. So, yeah, I- I'm really happy to see it. It's a good redemption story for him. I'm glad Markeith Morris is getting some impactful minutes. He hasn't been this good at, or this decent in the playoffs since, you know, playing with Washington a couple of years back. So, it's been good. But um, those are my that's my hot take. We got your hot take. I would say I'm going to write this down, but I know I'm not. Um, but I know <laughs> you'll remember mine, and, and we'll have to look back on this. But, Will. Again, yes. thanks for coming back on, just talking some hoops with me, kind of recapping some of these series and, and kind of having some fun with the superlatives here, man. Yeah, man, I love it. Anytime. I expect to be back every day next week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, will, I will come to you for more than a few days, so, so stay awesome, tuned. Awesome. <laughs> stay tuned. I'm, I'm here when you need me. And, you know, you yeah. can follow me uh, on Twitter at William is Bill. So I was going to say, we got yep, follow that out. <laughs> Hoopball got some stuff in the works. Me and Will might be doing some really fun stuff coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that, yeah. man. <laughs> but yeah, um, can't wait. Yes, sir. Until then, you can catch him here for sure. I'm sure he'll be popping up on Hoopball Podcast around. But um, definitely catch him at NBA today. You already saw, fo- heard. Follow him at William Isbill. Follow me at Corbin NBA. Also check out um another podcast I do with uh, the great Garrett Bougay at Garrett Bougay. The podcast called Duncan Dynasty. Check it out at Duncan Dynasty. It's pretty simple. I like to keep, we like to keep things simple here. Um, and then make sure to check out the fine people, like I said, at HoopBall, hoop-ball.com, at HoopBall Tweets. And then one last time, the pro uh, Manscaped, that 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20. And then, of course, my bookie, you get the 100% deposit match and that free $10 MLB future wager with the promo code HoopBall. So for Will Harris, I'm Corbin Ford. Stay frosty, y'all. I'll talk to y'all real soon. All right, y'all. Peace.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.